David, what is the happiest season? Ooh, that, that's a good question, Christian. I, I would say probably spring, just because it's sort of an emergence from a dark period. Mm, okay, well, uh, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Am I, maybe I wasn't clear. Oh, okay. David, could you tell me what the happiest season is? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's... You're right, you weren't very clear. It's definitely summer, because I think... Like once you've gotten past that emergence, that's exciting, but it's not the happiest season. I think happy is different than exciting, which is something that you really could have been more clear about. So thank you for saying that you were not clear. Now you have been, and my answer is summer. David, you know I love your antics and I and all your japes. You know I'm 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 such a big fan, but I think I, I just really I would appreciate it if you would just listen to me when I ask you the question: What is the happiest season? <laughs> Wait. Christian, are you talking about happiest season? What's that? I don't know, I just read about it on the Facebook. <laughs> Run Three, two, one. Wilson. That uh, that tweet about Kumail and Johnny making fun of traditional masculinity. I saw somebody tweeting him a link to the Amazon page for The Way of Kings. I was like, this these people exist. They're like, you have to read this book on how men are good and how being a man is fucking cool and rad. That'll change your mind about toxic masculinity. <laughs> We'll come around. Yeah. yeah the, basically, that argument is, but have you actually heard of toxic masculinity? Because it yeah, rules. Seriously. Like, that's basically right. what that argument Like, as a response to a, a tweet about it. Like, which, uh, D- David, I didn't tell you this, but I got ratioed really hard on Twitter the other day. Oh, fun. Uh, like, it ended up being, I think, like 250 to 50 um, comments to likes, which is fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was because I responded to a Kumail Nanjani tweet about toxic masculinity sort of Ooh. basically doubling down on what he said uh, mm-hmm. against some dip dipshit. Cool. Um, I was mostly amused by the fact that 90% of the responses were, don't worry, you're not a real man anyway. Which, like, as a response to someone who's making a joke about toxic masculinity <laughs> makes zero fucking yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you thought that would work. Like, Anyway, I just I fo- I found it very funny, that and I was proud of myself that my initial reaction was laughter and not anger. Yeah, well, it was super TBS. Yeah, it was very TBS. Yeah, um, very that's fun. that's what I'm going to say instead of very funny from now on. <laughs> very TBS. Oh my god, that's so TBS. Oh god, what a TBS that is. <laughs> Characters um, are welcome. Is that Showtime? Is that TBS? Uh, it's, that's it's USA. USA. Was oh, that USA? Oh, TNT is we know drama. TNT is we know drama. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> TNT is We Know Drama, USA is Characters Welcome, Zendaya is Michi. Yep. Great. <laughs> Got it. Every time. Welcome to Contextual Deviants. My name is Christian Hagen. Each episode of this show, we watch a movie, and then we talk about it through a series of randomly generated critical contexts given to us via our contextual computer. Uh, we don't know how we're going to talk about these movies, and we guarantee 
that we're going to talk about this movie in a way no one else is ever going to, probably because they shouldn't. <laughs> um, and hey, happy ho, 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 holidays time for everybody. It's Christmas episode. It's our holiday episode. This is the episode we do for ho- ho- holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, all, all the fucking winter holidays. So welcome to that. And joining me on this merry adventure of winter fun are my... Dear friends and co-hosts, Mr. Matthew Bond. Hello. And a, 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 a David Gucci. Hi there, it's me, the ho-ho-ho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, like this is how oh, I promote the holiday season. <laughs> this is how I bring my cheer. Slut it up. Yeah, slut it up. That's a, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that note. Um, yeah, that was a note. Please slut it yeah. up. So for our holiday episode this year, we're, we're <laughs> last year we did one of the oldest holiday movies uh, in It's a Wonderful Life. This year we're doing a literally brand new holiday movie, and that's 2020's Hulu original film Happiest Season, starring Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis uh, as a couple going home to visit uh, Mackenzie Davis's family who does not know that she is in a same-sex relationship. Uh-huh. Or that she's a lesbian, and so they have to hide it, and it's a whole comedy of errors uh, that gets deeply uncomfortable many times. And you know how I am with cringe comedy, so there were times when I could not look at the screen, but it was still a good time uh, in the end. Um, yeah, yeah. Also that- starring Dan Levy, uh, basically just doing David from Shit's Creek again, so- which I have no problem with. Right, I think that could be, like, some people get... Uh, typecast you know in their yep. in their careers and that's unfortunate and honestly if Dan is just able to do David from Schitt's Creek forever the world will be a better place and I think he'll be happy <laughs> so yeah. I think we're all fine yes. like his role in every movie could just be telling people like to get their shit together <laughs> <laughs> while also murdering their pets right while also not oh, having the fish, the fish bit was such a good recurring <laughs> joke um, but we are going to talk about this movie through a series of critical contexts. And honestly, I think our our gift to the listeners this year mm. would be uh, just starting the fucking show. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, oh. it's a novel. It's a novel concept. Stick that in your stocking. Yeah, Mary, Mary, everyone. Mary, Mary, mm. happy Mary. I I did like. I just have to say that you started the show with happy ho ho ho, and I think that's going to be like my new one. Just hey, happy ho ho ho. Yeah, it, it really, like, it really just you're not saying you're, Christmas. You're not Christmas. saying Merry Christmas. No. So you're still participating in the war on Christmas, mm-hmm. but you're saying something that's Christmas related. So it's kind of like you know, you're you're Switzerland. You're neutral on the war on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that way, no one gets offended, or everyone does. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, you gotta participate in the war. So gotta support the troops in the war on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Pick a side. Yeah, um, we're at war on Christmas. Yeah. All right, guys, let's do another. Let's do a first context. <laughs> Is this Die Hard? Oh, oh that's a I Christmas was, movie. So yes. yeah, I was genuinely so hoping that this one would come up for this, honestly, wow. because I don't have an answer, but yeah. I'm just excited to see what happens, happens at Christmas. Is Christmas movie? Yes, it is Die Hard. Yeah. Well, so okay. All right. All right. All right. We got Christmas movie. That's a good start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Plus but, all the gunplay. Is there any gunplay? No. See, that's okay. the thing. That's the second very important part about Die Hard, is that like if it's Lord of the Rings, which we always discuss, and mm-hmm. if there are guns, it's not 
Lord of the Rings. If there are guns, it probably is Die Hard. So I'm going to say it, this movie so far is Die Hard and isn't Die Hard. We got one in each category. I don't think there is mm, a gun yeah. in the whole movie. There is, yeah, I can't think of one. Uh, there is a mall and theft and security, and that's yes. Die Hard. Wait, maybe one of those security guards has a gun somewhere that they could access. <laughs> Not yeah, on security? them, but somewhere. Okay. <laughs> in some sort of lockbox, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to guess. I'd like to imagine that it was Lauren Lapkus. Yeah. That yeah. she's just armed to the teeth. <laughs> oh, my. oh, yeah. She had at least three guns. I think we can <laughs> Not for work. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see. What do we got? So we got, um, do we have, what would be the equivalent of the terrorist storming Nakatomi mm. Plaza mm. of this film. Mm-hmm. Sloan. Sloan like just the... in general, like her whole family <laughs> yeah. and their re- re- relationship with Harper <laughs> could fit. The kids like breaking into, getting into everything, mm-hmm. stealing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they do, they intrude multiple times, mm-hmm. both socially and spatially intrude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you were to say that Nakatomi Plaza is like the secrets of this movie, <laughs> then, then the kids are definitely so their the relationship terrorists. is the Nakatomi Plaza. I think so, both in the sense that they are trying to protect the secret of it, but also trying to eventually protect the existence of it. Because it's under attack. I right. mean, it is yeah. under threat in multiple and, ways, and in a, in a way, Kristen Stewart is taking on sort of the Bruce Willis role of trying to uh, keep uh, his relationship, yeah. her relationship, together with her partner, who yeah. is exactly. pulling away yeah. for and, st- mm-hmm. and walking on on eggshells or broken glass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, there it is. Ah, oh, that's perfect. Yep. 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 I really did feel um, like she was walking on broken glass when she was telling those cool stories about her very straight boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Man, the payoff of how bad she is at lying is very good. I, yeah, I did appreciate that they set that up, and they did pay that off, for sure. <laughs> um, man, what else? Let's see. So, there, I mean, there is fighting in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some physical conflict yeah, there. True. Using um, your surroundings... with the painting yeah yeah maybe like the the painting of that building crashing down on someone's head is not unlike uh, (laughs) (laughs) someone when the when people are blown up at the top of the building of the nakatomi i would say it uh it probably intentionally but certainly subtextually invokes that scene Oh, for sure. For sure. We could, we were all thinking it. None of us could stop (laughs) picturing that, that perfect scene from Die Hard, the movie I definitely remember. (laughs) Uh, Them walking in on Sloane's husband, uh, making out with the Mm. woman from medical police, whose name I can't remember. Um, (laughs) That was how she was credited in the movie, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for her that that's the case, but you know, that's Hollywood. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's baby. <laughs> similar oh, to that no. scene of uh, Bruce Willis walking in on that guy uh, uh, snorting cocaine, um, <laughs> whose name I can't like the the dipshit who works at the office with Bonnie Bedelia and is trying to like seduce her a couple times. Mm. I can never remember that character's name for some reason because he's such a tool. Yeah. Tim. Mm. 
the tool man. Yeah, he's, he's, it's Tim Taylor. Yeah, okay, it's, I that's thought his name. so. It's Tim Allen, Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, here's um, the question, though. The other thing I know yeah. about Die Hard is that there's a chauffeur. <laughs> that there's Wait. an Argyle. Who, there is yeah, an Argyle. Because that is essential. Guns, a big building, terrorists, and Argyle are kind of my big four for is this Die Hard. Did okay. Argyle show up in the form of sweaters in this one? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> God damn it. Maybe, maybe. There are lots of them. Are there any Argyle sweaters specifically? I'm trying to remember. Would, is, is there an argument that Aubrey Plaza could be the Argyle? Because she is sort of the one who is like, she's she doesn't really do anything yeah. for a long stretch, and then she helps out in a very big way mm. Yeah, uh, mm. towards the end of the film. Yeah, I think there is an argument to be made, and I think you just made it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also, as you said that, I realized that there is already a perfect Reginald Bill Johnson character, and it is Dan Levy. Yeah. Who she communicates with over the phone and talks her through her situation and how to navigate it, and then, like, Dang. shows up at the yeah. end and, mm. like, metaphorically shoots the bad guy. Yeah. And, and sometimes, though, sometimes he yells. He yells a lot. <laughs> yeah, he does. And also, I assume he shot a kid, which would be, the equivalent to that is he killed those fish. <laughs> I assume he shot a kid. <laughs> yeah, we can all assume he shot a kid. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you could tell that know, was guys. how he was being directed. I think sometimes, you know, you can tell when somebody's told, like, hey, act like you're a mom that is really stressed about something. Or, like, act like you're a person that really needs to go to the bathroom. And you could tell that he was told, act like you have shot a kid. <laughs> Maybe not in this scene, but at some point in your life. You have that darkness behind your eyes. Here's another surprisingly perfect one. Uh, Anna Gasteyer, who is fucking phenomenal in this movie. Uh is the FBI agents <laughs> yeah, who yep. kind of is supposed to come in to help but ultimately kind of just fuck things up. Yep. Oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and the dad is the police chief who is incompetent and kind of makes everything worse and then at the end kind of does the right thing finally uh, hmm. because, wow. because he cares more about about, he doesn't. He he bigfoots the FBI agents. Well, he doesn't for a long time, and then at the last minute when they fail, he's like, "Oh no, we, it should have been us. Like it's our jurisdiction. <laughs> it should have been us." Yeah. Oh, and that's just uh, a that's like a um, metaphor, maybe or a stand-in, an allegory. Allegory is mm. the right word. Mm. <laughs> I would say that, that Die Hard is an allegory for Happiest Season. <laughs> <laughs> a retroactive allegory <laughs> I appreciate that <laughs> Die Hard is just happiest season with guns <laughs> pretty much I in in the way that the that is like showing up for it is it's our jurisdiction meaning like the the queer community can only do so much and it's also about mainstream dominant culture saying hey we're actually going to show up for this and say that this is good because if that doesn't happen there's clash and continued marginalization so maybe that maybe there's that too a little bit all right I so i have a hans gruber in mind too Ooh. and i want to hear i want to hear if you guys can guess who i think the hans gruber is <sighs> okay let, let me think about all of the people that i remember from this movie a duplicitous villain Mm-hmm. who is the cause of the majority of the conflict of the film. Mm-hmm. 
I would say Harper. Harper's not a bad option. I was considering uh, Harper. Harper's pretty duplicitous. Because she could be both the Body Bedelia yeah. and the Hans Gruber. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. That's the ultimate Hans Gruber is to be more than one person in the movie, including <laughs> that, Hans Gruber. That, that yeah. is true. <laughs> Uh, it, it's the dad if Hans Gruber didn't know he was a terrorist. <laughs> Ooh, nice, nice, That's nice, why nice. I still think he's the police chief, because yeah. he's more just incompetent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Mary Steenburgen okay. uh, as the mom, <gasps> okay. who is... this is the I have never hated Mary Steenburgen in a movie before, yeah. and it's not because... She did a great job. Her character is just appalling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she, And she's very... She lies... Like, she lies about a lot of stuff like bringing in the the ex-boyfriend and like trying to set them up and oh. just like causing all this chaos and uh so nasty she's just it's very backhanded with stuff yes um wow hans gruber being like a passive aggressive mom is actually really that's that's a fun parallel <laughs> yeah exactly wow. it's an he's an emotional she's an emotional terrorist <laughs> wow wow Wow, yes. Okay. Yep, I see it now. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, wait a minute. Is is Jane as played by Mary Holland actually the Argyle? Oh, maybe. It's oh, also that, a pretty good be, one. Yeah. Huh. God, she's so funny in that movie. She's so funny. Truly. The 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 thing where they're like walking through the house and it's like she's like, "Oh, that's a really nice piano." And it's like, "Yeah, we bought it and nobody ever uses it." And Mary Holland's like, "I took lessons for 8 years." <laughs> <laughs> poor Jane yeah Yeah, poor Jane Jane. well I Um, as far as where I'm sitting my chair is shaped very much like a sign that says this movie was die hard I don't (laughs) know about y'all but the only thing that's missing is guns and I think we can we can uh, infer that there were a lot of guns there they, were there were word bullets. Exactly, they verbally snipe at each yeah. other. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so many, yes. so many bullets from the mouths. <laughs> oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Oh man, what a what what I know. We say this every time, but this is my favorite context because we've. I don't know that we've ever finished without finding out that the movie was Die Hard, <laughs> and, and I just like talking myself into that. Yep. <laughs> It's because Die Hard is the modern hero's journey. It is the archetype from which we make (laughs) meaning. It kind of is. Like, if you boil it down to its essence, it kind of is. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Do we we have any other thoughts on how this movie could be Die Hard? Or could not be Die Hard? Well, the the title is two words, so we got that. That's true. That's true. (laughs) And it's a pretty conventional movie length, so I rest my case. It's very true. Very true. I don't know what the movie length is of Die Hard, but it feels like it would probably be conventional, right? I think it's probably pretty standard. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Die Hard is also iconically very gay. So I think that uh I think that's that's one parallel as well. That's yeah. Yeah. subtextually, Definitely of course. True. Subtextually. It was baiting. Oh, yeah, but yeah. it was there. Yeah. It was there. We all know. Yeah, it was the eighties. They couldn't <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. So is Dan Levy's speech about coming out the equivalent of Reginald Bell Johnson's speech about how he shot a kid and that's why he's a beat cop? Yes. Good. If you pulled a Peter Jackson and split this into three movies, how would you do it? Uh, First off, off, I'm just going to say tripling the amount, the length of 
torturous cringe that we would have to sit through. Yeah. Uh, oh. It would be it would be a nightmare. For I, me. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny though? I actually mm. think that this movie, maybe more than any movie we've ever done this context on, would benefit from being split huh. up because I think that this movie's themes and conversations felt rushed. Every mm. time we were asked to assume too much about the emotional work that had happened before the next plot beat, especially the way it ends. And I think that the like maybe the first movie is like a a like kind of sappy like maybe they actually do propose um who what what's her name? Not Harper, but um is it um, Abby? Abby. Yeah. Abby. Maybe Abby does propose at the end of the first but like it's a rom-com but it doesn't involve christmas and then the second one is a christmas movie where they go to the parents but the big twist is of course that they're you know oh whoops harper's not out and that's mm-hmm. a huge betrayal and then the th- like the that movie ends end of act two very you know very suspenseful or very sad maybe the conversation with dan levy takes place and there's kind of that split I don't want to be with somebody that's not ready. Very powerful line. Or it's too late. Like that line. And then the third movie is way longer than the like five minute scene of, oh, actually, it's probably okay. <laughs> and then just sort of getting, yeah. getting over it and getting back together. Um, I don't know what we would fill that with, but I'm, I think that it would actually be cool if there was more okay. time spent maybe even yeah. with uh that would allow for something that the internet would very much enjoy which would be abby and riley maybe dating for a while and then breaking up and abby and harper getting back together once harper had actually made some commitments to growth and change that'd be pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah 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 so 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 the first movie is kind of just like a general romantic thing where they're already together they're 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 or maybe we get to we see get to meet, see what their maybe. life is maybe we get to see a meet well too now um, let's keep in mind though, if we're Peter Jacksoning it, you're it's right. we can't just add. the text of this right. film stretched <laughs> right, out over right. three movies. That's a good point. We can't. But so add. that initial, that beginning where you see their relationship, but you also see that's where we get the the coded differences between uh, the the ways they were raised, the environments they grew up in. Abby seems very much invest like into it into being in the city. Whereas Harper mm. seems like more of a suburban, <laughs> like she grew up in sort of a more sheltered suburban life li- li- lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then we could also explore more of Abby's relationship with Dan Levy's character. Yes, please. Whose name I should have written down because that feels wrong of me to have not done so. I mean, he's um, David. That's the was problem. Was it Sean? Yeah. yeah, I keep thinking it's David, but it's not <laughs> David. Um, I want to say Richard, but that can't be right. I feel like it was John. John sounds right. John sounds right to me too, but I'm an I am I'm But so the arc of the first movie would sort of just be like the evolution of their relationship at that stage. Because I mean, I think there is there is something to be explored from a relational perspective of the stage where you get to one person is convinced this is the person I want to be with for the rest of my life, but they're not sure if that's how the other person feels. Mm-hmm. And and like it, having to explore that and the fact that there is this secret that Harper yeah. is hiding uh, could be... I mean, it would definitely be a slower uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing, and it would be a bit more... Um, it wouldn't be... I'd, I'd, they'd have to come up with some other zany hijinks if they wanted to keep the tone. I think um, I think retaining the tone would be tough. 
Uh, they yeah. could totally do it, but I think that there's a chance that this is a Star Wars Skywalker saga thing. And while we Peter Jackson it and split it into three movies, each one has a different director. And the director of the first movie is Richard Linkletter because it is <laughs> Ooh, a movie about basically two people walking around, getting to know each other, and clearly hiding certain things from each other and struggling to communicate. But it's mm-hmm. still about like urban like there's a whole scene where they're just walking and talking about whether it would be cooler to live in the suburbs or live in a city and that's classic richard Linkletter. and it would illustrate some of the differences between them and how they feel about christmas them and how they feel about living them and you know and some cool john scenes as well his name is john dan levy's character's name is john sweet uh i would absolutely watch that as a preamble to the then zany cringe comedy holiday special second (laughs) that would be a fun juxtaposition and definitely hard for a studio to pull off so more power to him if they were able to peter jackson it but well and much like uh the empire strikes back if we're going from trilogy uh star wars trilogies the second movie would end on a a real down note um uh inevitably Um, be like when she says it's over yeah yes because the first two movies you get to see abby as sort of like relatable but also you know she's she's a little put upon harper seems a little high maintenance and the fact that she's hiding this big secret um you know there's a certain amount of abby's doing a lot of emotional labor for the first two thirds to three quarters (laughs) of this movie uh where she's just kind of coping as best she can with all of harper's shit um and so the third the third act of the movie, which would then be the third movie, is the roles being reversed and Harper having mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. learn to take on that emotional labor and to learn how it feels to feel like you're compromising for someone else's feelings because that's part of what being in a long-term relationship is. Um, so you get to see sort of like the, the juxtaposition of those two ideas a little bit explored a little bit more. I do feel like it was a little rushed the way they did it in the movie. So I wouldn't mind like, and there are plenty of movies about couples who break up and it's about them getting back together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, mm. and having that as the third movie in a trilogy about that same couple, That's uh, cool, kind of could be really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could definitely see that working out pretty well um the the second movie would be the hard one (laughs) well i think the Mm -hmm. second movie weirdly would be most of this movie yeah that's what's straight it would kind of be it's all the family with the beginning and the end shaved off and then the beginning and the end are just stretched out into these (laughs) long canvases for some reason yeah uh, that's the challenge is padding the first movie and the third movie because the second movie's right there we got it someone already made it And the second movie has so many more characters than the first movie does. I love the idea that the first movie is like just two people, basically. Three, because John has to be there, has to be there. And middle movie is like a hundred characters. And then the third movie is just three characters again. (laughs) It's like, like, shrink it way back down. Like, it's just just tiny. Maybe Riley, John, Abby, and Harper are like the core of the the third movie. I mean, I I wouldn't mind checking in with the rest of the family at that point, too, to see how things evolve. Because just getting a bunch of Instagram pictures (laughs) sort of (laughs) illustrating their life after is kind of not quite... Especially if it was a trilogy. You can do a little bit of of an indulgent epilogue. You can have a Star Wars or a Lord of the Rings style ending where you, you have a couple minutes scene for everybody. That sounds nice. 
Yeah. And I wouldn't be opposed to them exploring more of the sort of like weird white liberalism of their obsession with Sloane's family. Yeah. Um, like she does call them out on it, but like there's a lot to unpack there that they did not have time to get through. No. Because uh, that, that is a definite thing. No. No, I, uh, my, my friend who I watched the movie with uh, in the chat, because you can watch Hulu with people and chat with them which is awesome that's fine uh yeah and we should we should explore that as as a as a uh, threesome absolutely um, that's the word yeah. for us <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're a classic threesome <laughs> the uh the the question that they asked me was um why do those kids look like they're like constantly ready to kill somebody <laughs> and I was like, it's probably because they're constantly being tokenized by this liberal white family. And mm. ugh, it's true, though. Like, God, yeah. the introduction, like that, that conversation in the van where Sloan and her husband, what's his name? Can I find him? Is it Levi? Eric? Eric. Eric. Yep. Eric. Uh, oh, between Sloan and Eric where they're talking about those like curated gift basket experiences or whatever. God, every time. Oh, I, yeah, that's like, that hurt me. It hurt me deeply. God, that felt like the scene in Step Brothers where they're like driving to where Adam Scott's family is driving and singing the song. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a dramatic version of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yuck. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, they, even beyond that, those two do have the, the same energy as like the, the uh, the tethered version of the twins from us. Totally, yeah. I, they, yeah, they feel <laughs> they a little bit there like a Jordan just murderous as shit. Um, yeah, we. They're very scary. Huh. But, Fun. But that that is also how I I think it's it's when you're meeting kids for the first time uh, in that sort of environment, it can be really spooky. Mm-hmm. True. Because they can be. They're they're like wild animals. You just never know exactly what they're gonna do. <laughs> kids are a little creepies. Yeah, kids are a little creepy. Love it. Little, they're here creepies. Little creepies. Little creepies. <laughs> creeping here, creeping there, <laughs> creeping everywhere. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Is there any other things we can think of for this trilogy that we mm. that Peter Jackson is creating of that we are Peter Jacksoning out of Ooh. this film? I think the one thing that I would add to the epilogue probably. Unless it was there, because a lot of that really whizzed past me, uh, mm-hmm. as a uh, as it is wont to do with when it's just kind of a bunch of Instagram pictures. But I would like to, I would like to see John and Connor maybe have one more scene with each other. Yeah, in that third yeah, movie. I was getting that because that too. was the third movie that brought me the so two of them, and that'd joy. be great. It was so good. <laughs> Well, I, I don't remember the specific line, but the line about whether or not he lifts things <laughs> or, or picks things up, he said it in such a way that I was like, oh, I love that. Uh, that scene in general made me very, very joyful and brought me Christmas cheer deep down in my heart. I was really expecting them to comment on the spray tan that fucking uh, that, that Connor was rocking at one point that I was like, that is an extreme spray tan. <laughs> and I'm like, that's going to be a joke, right? It absolutely was not. <laughs> they did not comment on it at all. Ooh, wait a minute. Okay, so that, that makes me think it's almost worth it to... They spent a weird amount of time showing us how Harper and Connor were like, maybe like Harper was doing a little bit of like manipulative emotional cheating like 
in yeah. some ways and like playing into what Connor definitely wanted without actually wanting to follow through on that sort of stuff, you know, very, very gross. They spent a lot of time establishing that. And that's yeah. something that I feel like they didn't need to like stretch out as much as they did and do more work on other parts of that. So like that could be something in the third movie, maybe rather than the second, you could kind of scoot that and yeah. say like, well, we could also get maybe more of Harper's perspective on it because her explanation yeah. does make sense when you think about it. Like, the uh, the sort of person who is so anxious about this that they would hide this important part of their lives from their family would also be the sort of person who is like they just go along to get along you know they'll totally. they'll they'll, they'll mm-hmm. stay in a very uncomfortable situation or conversation because they're afraid of conflict mm-hmm. and play the role that um, is expected of them in that mm-hmm. conversation which is to be flattering to touch arm to laugh at joke etc you know, <laughs> like it, that's it, it might make it might make Harper a little less um, infuriating because she can occasionally be very frustrating mm-hmm. I think which is I think one good. thing this movie does good it, it does well is mm-hmm. sort of like explain without her getting to explain herself Dan Levy basically yeah. explains <laughs> her motivations for her which is a little weird right um, but uh yeah, so that could be something they explore a little bit more, which might flesh out the characters a little bit. I think that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah I think that'd be, be nice, too. Nice. Oh, that'd, be, uh, that'd be pretty nice. nice. If I had to say something about it, I'd say it's nice. <laughs> do you guys want to do another context? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I do. How about Westworld? <gasps> this movie's a theme park. <laughs> Who's a robot? Who want to go to this theme park? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Uh, how about every family at Christmas every year? <laughs> it's it's just it is it is the but like okay so it's a simulative Christmas family experience. Yep. For people who, like Abby, who don't have families they can celebrate Christmases with, to remind them why it sucks. Mm. <laughs> it's like a refresher. Like, that's maybe, not the, that's maybe not the plan. That's maybe not the pitch. <laughs> yeah. But that's probably its function. <laughs> but what if it is? Because there are religious traditions that are intentionally sad to remind you how bad something is so that you're grateful for what you do have. Uh, like mm. Good Friday, uh, all of the, like the stations of the cross and Catholicism, like people making themselves intentionally very sad to remind themselves of the good that they have. Right. Like Lent. Yeah. That's a thing. Maybe, maybe this is like Lent, the theme park. (laughs) You go and you say, fuck man, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with this. Yeah. Who would, who would be more mad about this? (laughs) Secularists or religious people? Can we have, can we have that as a question that we ask every time about everything? That's genuinely a good point. <laughs> That's not the worst idea we've ever had. Who's more mad about this movie? Secularists yeah. or religious people? Or who who's yeah. the group of people that's the most mad about this? Anyway. The problem is we'd probably come down on religious people every yeah, time I, just because of us. Is that a problem? I mean, <laughs> we talk about it enough in other contexts, I don't think. That's yeah, we'll find a way. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll figure it out. We'll probably say it anyway. We'll get no there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. But in this case, in this Westworld. <laughs> in this uh, Westworld. Yes. It's, it's, it's complicated. What if, you know? ooh. Avril Lavigne agrees. Also, <laughs> what if it was, yes, I like the idea of it being a, a like a Good Friday service for Christmases. But what if it was a like a therapy role playing exercise for coming out to your family? 
Ooh, right. shit. And the, or you can have different scenarios. Right, like right, in right, this yeah. one, Harper and Abby are going through that scenario. But maybe Harper doesn't know it. Maybe Abby set them up for this when she found out about Harper's secret. Mm. So she's like, all right, let's see how this is actually going to play out <laughs> oh my God. before we do the real thing. Wow, that's and like then, a layer like, of manipulation on top of manipulation. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. Real quick. Who are the real people in this movie? If this movie is Westworld? Well, if we go Probably with... Just a couple? Yeah, go ahead, Bob. I was saying, like, if we're thinking about it as, like, it ends up being sort of like a couple's therapy kind of thing, I guess, like, the couple. Yeah. And then everything else is simulated. For some reason, I like to think that Riley might be part of it, too. Yeah. Just sort of like... Mm, like an NPC. Like an emotional like... exercise for her. Like, she's she's just, like... She's going to this park for other reasons, but then she happens to see that Harper's there too, and mm. like it triggers all these memories for her. And she sees Abby and is like, "Oh, she's going through a lot of the same stuff oh. I had to go through with Harper." So Riley's like the man in black. Yes, yes. yes. And, and Harper is her. Rachel Woods character. I can't remember her name. Uh, yep. Shit, yep. I can't remember either. <laughs> uh, yeah. Agnes. No, that it's something. It's something weird and old fashioned yeah. like that. <laughs> something weird and old. Uh, sorry to any Agnes's out there. I didn't mean I didn't mean your name was weird and old. <laughs> All our Agnes listeners were so sorry. I know. I'm so sorry. We don't play Agnes's. that demographic enough and we apologize. Dolores. Dolores. Yeah. I wasn't super far off. No. Yeah. Um yes. Yeah, yeah cuz like I could see that being uh I could see that being something that like Riley as the man in black is such a funny idea to me actually since <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. So, what are some other scenarios that this park could evoke mm-hmm. that they could that that could people would sign up for? I mean, I I really like the idea of, uh, and I don't think we've we've come up with this before, maybe on the show. So I think it's worth exploring in many facets. The idea mm-hmm. of a therapy park for a couple, yeah, uh, specifically yeah. one that involves family because since this movie is basically about how people relate to slash lie to slash pretend to be someone for their family i think playing out those sort of family dynamics would be really cool like maybe the family from get out could be like an alternate version of this like where you go and you're like how do i talk to my family who thinks they're not racist about how they are or like how do i come out as a as a lesbian to my family to help my partner like that's that's valuable and i think everyone's a robot but the two and then the the man in black riley of course which i yeah. am here for are you guys not doing this with your visits to valley fair <laughs> for argentinians and anybody who doesn't live in minnesota valley fair is our local amusement <laughs> park <laughs> which is less than uh, compared to pretty much every other yeah, amusement park yeah there's there's there. some amusement to be had yeah. but uh yeah <laughs> Not the most amusing part. <laughs> <laughs> Not the most amusing part. That's just to get rid of Berenstain Bears. To to tie, I just thought of something that's also going to tie this in potentially with our holiday film last year. We love that. Uh, <laughs> and explore that the 
purpose of this park or one of the things that they pitch is it's a true meaning of Christmas park. It's a park mm. in which someone who doesn't care about Christmas okay. is like sent there to learn the true meaning of Christmas <laughs> wow. or to explore wow. and figure out what the true meaning of Christmas is so that they can enjoy Christmas again. <gasps> and it's calibrated to a like personal survey you have to fill out first, so they yep. give like a very personal experience. And, yeah. Yep, just like how we just like how uh, in It's a Wonderful Life, we thought it would be really great if it was uh, uh, they they had voiced a Christmas Carol upon mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Potter. Yeah. If you Christmas Carol someone, <laughs> if you Christmas Carol someone, it's like it's like a Christmas caroling park, basically. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Wow. Yeah. So everybody in someone's family who knows, oh, they're a fucking Scrooge, whatever. They they all go together, and for Christmas they get them this package, which is you mm-hmm. get to go to the True Meaning of Christmas Park and mm-hmm. uh, and explore that wonderful life. Explore <laughs> yeah. whether it's ghosts attacking you, whether it's challenges, etc. I I love yeah. that. I love that. Like, what if what if it's like if a couple goes, what if one person knows that it's a park and the other one doesn't? And they think they're just meeting their cup like their partner's Oof, family okay. for the first time. Oh. And it's secretly a way to trick them into learning the true meaning I mean, of Christmas. That's just like that'll, that'll it's not for the too, moment, but like it's so manipulative. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's like, not terribly different it's a from what Harper's doing, if we're honest. It's honestly just a more expensive version of what Harper's yeah, doing. And that's <laughs> yeah, the thing. Honestly. I think that's a good plot for a movie. I think that's a shitty thing to do to a person. But oh, if, absolutely. But if we have to make, because part of the Westworld thing is also, like, that Westworld is a show about a park, and I think it's fun to imagine, like, what if, like, because Riley's role is, Riley was coming there for a different reason, and then sees that this other thing is happening at the park, and goes, oh, I want to help. And that's mm-hmm. where the drama of this episode of Westworld Christmas <laughs> comes out. Cause otherwise it would just be Abby and Harper and it might not be as exciting, but it gets so dynamic and so snaky. Well, when you think of like these, these sort of Christmas parks or, or like events or the drive through thing at the state fair that they've got going right now, mm-hmm. where they crank Christmas music at full volume all yeah. night. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so people could drive through and look at lights. It's all about the sort of, decorative performative aspects of christmas but it's never about the like walking through the streets of your hometown with the lights on the on the buildings Mm. and the bars like having their little christmas parties and stuff so like having a a more nostalgic simulative christmas park Mm. isn't a bad idea it actually could be really nice but finding a using it in a practical way is kind of insane it's, it's kind of it's kind of wild uh, i mean making like, making a bunch of artificial intelligences that simulate family christmas is also kind of insane so oh like, it's, it's completely we're insane we're here we've made yeah. it we've arrived <laughs> it's demented as an idea but it could be beneficial for some folks i think Definitely. yeah <gasps> Here's well, a here's a counter proposal that'll really turn this whole deal on its head. What if everyone's a robot but the dad? <laughs> <laughs> and 
it's all an exercise for him about how to run for mayor and the AIs are all actually evolving sentiently like they do in Westworld to the point where they have deviant sexuality and oh and God. different expressions of gender and all of these <laughs> these little like interesting subplots and he has to respond to them and realize that it's not all about running for mayor in the first place it's about yeah. loving your family of robots which again the true meaning of Christmas in park form I love this <laughs> yeah. but like but like the idea of him like all right I'm gonna simulate my race for mayor at Christmas time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or maybe he's been in there for months. Maybe yeah, like totally. since yeah. he started like I, I launched the campaign. Maybe he's doing like a full year to see yep. what it would be like to run for mayor yep. before he actually does. Mm-hmm. And it just like falls apart. And this is where half of the family savings actually went to. Was this <laughs> all the savings that he sunk into it? It's because he went to this fucking park. Oh my god. So the question is then is are the NPCs modeled after his own real family or are they just substitute NPCs that Ooh. that are like taking on the roles of the people in his family. That's a fun idea because I like the idea of if especially if it's a long experience like you're saying like the mm. whole year uh that maybe they were modeled after his family and then accurately sort of played out the deterministic way that our programming does like Mm -hmm. if he he just said hey i guess i guess you invite a team of programmers over to your house to observe your family so that they can make (laughs) artificial intelligence versions of them like i guess that's what you do but maybe they did such a good job in this version (laughs) sorry (laughs) just that maybe they did such a good job of that that they played out exactly with the same secrets that the family was not saying. <laughs> like they somehow figured out what these people's secrets are without them. It's oh no no because no. Anna Gastar has people that that's their job. Yes, it's like Anna Gastar is is uh, is Oscar Isaac from Ex Machina, <laughs> <laughs> and, has, like, and fucking Abby is Ava, where she oh. has become self aware enough that she is like, wait, everything here is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> wow! Wow! And she thinks it's there for her, but it turns out she's just a robot too. Oh my god, that's sort of fun. That's sort it of is. Fun. <laughs> wow, what a what a what an absolutely baffling idea for a park this is. <laughs> that would be. It's a, like uh, that. It's like that giant arc they built in what was it, Kansas, where it's like Noah's Ark, yeah. but to scale. Um, Why? Hundreds of millions of dollars. Why? I think. Yeah. I think that uh, that sort of turn at the end of Happiest Season, like, it's been a Westworld, would be a, uh, the only reason that that would exist in our plane of reality would be if somebody said, I saw Serenity 2018, how can I up that? <laughs> like, how can I be worse somehow oh, than the twist from that movie? And this Jesus would be Christ, it. seriously. Be, how can I just this completely even ruin the genre? <laughs> it's, it's very similar to that twist. <laughs> it's honestly just, it's more elaborate somehow. Yeah. yeah. But it's so much, it's still more interesting than a fishing game with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> a fishing game with your dad where he, like, randomly fucks Diane Lane. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite idea in a fishing simulator that you can have a, no- a noir sex scene with people. What? When is that Animal Crossing update, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> like fuck Tom Nook, man. Oh yeah. That's that's the ultimate it's He's the ultimate daddy. that's the ultimate achievement in Animal Crossing yeah. is if you can manage to fuck Tom Nook. 
only 0.1% of players will figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but hey, it's a way to pay off that debt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah with that dick. <laughs> or not dick. Vagina? Fuck, or neither. Fuck Tom or Nook. Both. No, he li- yeah, Tom Nook likes dick. Tom Nook, I think, is flexible. He likes yeah, those too. Seen. Yes, he's flexible, and that's beside the point. <laughs> God damn it. Well, isn't it like almost, isn't it basically, I guess it's not really canon, but there, there's implications that he and uh, Red used to have some kind of relationship or something. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard this. That's I've resoundingly this well. canon. Resounding. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, now that we've talked about f- it, fucking Tom Nook, <laughs> does that mean we're done with this content? <laughs> I was, yeah, was going to ask if there was fair. anything more we had to say about our, our Christmas Westworld park, but we can we, move on. We may have been able to just end it sometime before that. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Maybe, we'll see. All right, well, all right, all right. One more context, let's do this. I haven't even checked on what how long this recording has been going, let me see. I think uh, we're about standard time so far. We're okay, track. we're almost at an hour. Perfect. Yeah. I was worried that it was uh, going to be really short. Yeah. But we're, we're breezing through them. Okay. Let's I was worried that it was going to be really short is a review I've gotten on my sex Yelp. Oh. <laughs> Ow! The, the Yelp you make sex! sex? Yeah. <laughs> yep, it's like a barbaric yop. <laughs> sex Yelp. <laughs> guys, ever, guys hear that new single yop? <laughs> Yop, 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 yop. <laughs> All right, wow. let's do another fucking <laughs> We haven't done this one in a long time. Jesse Ventura's Global Conspiracy Corner. <laughs> oh, he's back. He's here. So, Happiest Season is hiding a bunch of clues to a global to a series of global conspiracies or one big one uh, that like the filmmakers just like had to get out there but they didn't want anyone to like you know put the pieces together too fast so they get in trouble but they're in there if you're looking close enough they're in there. Um, so what do we got what do we got what are some conspiracies that this movie could be pointing towards uh, well first first clue that I think really tipped me off and sent me on a deep dive into the the real uh, Illuminati of the, the the Illuminati of this movie. That's nothing. Uh, <laughs> the deepest state in the happiest season was the destruction of that painting of a building. I think is clearly a flag for oh inside job though because someone is inside the painting. Mm-hmm. It's it's about like it's about like 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 how terrorists are infiltrating our small towns and they're going to destroy them from within. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to cause uh, women to start fighting with each other. Uh, kind of like how she traps her within this painting and then starts pushing her around. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jane gets in on it. Yeah, that's a that's that's a very real one. Mm. Um, <laughs> you uh, You just cut out. I can't hear you anymore. Uh, can you hear me now, David? I can hear you like no. super, 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 super faintly. Okay. Oh, there you go. Hit the... Okay. Oh, it was got probably. Twisted. Yeah, it must have. Must have just been the cord. Okay. okay yeah. I'll Don't stop get it twisted, man. I'll, I, will, <laughs> I won't get the cord twisted. Thank you. Uh, can you hear me okay now, David? I can, just like before. Good. So yeah, it must have been that. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I fiddle with things with my fingies sometimes. Oh, I fiddle faddle. Fiddle faddle fingies. <laughs> Fiddle Faddle um, Fingies is uh, probably top of the list of 
names of performers that would immediately cause me to exit a strip club. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say it's top of the list of least appealing uh, sexual activities you can propose with your significant other. Very very adjacent. Hey, hey. You want to get into some fiddle fiddle fingies? I've been thinking we need to spice things up in the bedroom a little bit. And I was thinking... I brought this book on fiddle fiddle fingies. Fiddle fiddle fingies. Let's let's sit down and open the Kama Sutra and really try to explore each other's bodies. (laughs) Page 342. Fiddle fiddle fingies. Fiddle fiddle fingies. Huh, no one's ever gotten this far before. And I wonder why... No one's ever gotten. Everybody stops at like halfway through the Kama Sutra, and like you get all the way. It's some like you can only progress in the Kama Sutra if you after every sex act, like it's like unlocking it, like it's a video game. You get that. You get the rare achievement. uh, Rare achievement. Forgetting to fiddle fiddle fingies. Anyway. Jeez. Is it fiddle faddle? Isn't that like a snack too? Is that the name of some Yeah, kind of and after yeah. you eat it, it, you have fiddle faddle fingers. You have fiddle faddle fingers. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like Dorito oh, hands. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, well. Which I've is another <laughs> sex move in the concert. <laughs> All right, all right. we're looking for we're we're looking for global conspiracies, You're and right. frankly, I think our our transition into talking about fiddle faddle fingies is because we're too afraid to tell the truth. Um, <laughs> it's true. It comes from a place of fear, not a place of uh, bravery and courage. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get back to that because uh, otherwise yeah. <laughs> I previously thought it was about courage and bravery <laughs> True, you're right. most of the things I say are about bravery and courage not that one fuck alright what are some other like big symbolic moments and what could they mean um, I mean there's that whole song uh, th- that the drag performers do uh mm. They do, uh, and it took me forever to realize that it's a song that exists because I forgot that song exists. But the fact that everyone in the bar knew it Wait, was like, it? must be Santa. Oh, yeah. Must yeah, be yeah. Santa. Yeah, that weird. Santa. I just was like, how, does everyone know this song? Mm. I forgot this song existed. Mm. That does sound like a conspiracy. Yeah. What, so, like, what, what are they trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Can you say the name of the uh, of the song again? Must be Santa. Mm. Yeah, they're just mm. trying to say it must be Santa. <laughs> Maybe it's a commentary on uh, the Satanist agenda <laughs> in in uh-huh, the trans uh-huh. community. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, totally. this is a movie that thinks that that crossdressers and trans people are Satanists, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Santa is their like subtle way of being like. Yeah. It's and code. that's why they it's do code, of course. the full song for some reason yeah. in this in this bar scene that goes on forever. Very long. Uh-huh. I do like the Santa as Satan. I think that's that's classic. It's classic. Yeah. Listen to the record backwards and hear the And, hear the and, good and to be to be 100% clear with listeners, I think that's a bad thing <laughs> that that would be what they would that that would be a thing in this movie if it were real. Yes. Well, maybe Santa's just their scapegoat. Like, oh, some shit happened. Must be Santa. Yeah, fucking must be Santa, man. Must Thanks, Obama. Santa. Thanks, Ooh. Santa. I mean, you re- you. But if you rearrange the letters in Santa, what do you get? Stana. Tana. Nasta. Tanas. Nas. We all had different. That's great. Santa. He is multitudes. 
I think I think Santa is, <laughs> Santa contains multitudes. I think Santa contains multitudes. Santa is the deep yeah. state, and I think Santa is kind of a uh, like a, a painting over a whitewashing or just a yeah. culture washing, if you will, of the actual machinations that take place in capitalism. But and, but here's uh, the other thing: Santa is also not a monolith. <laughs> He's a surveillance so. state. Uh, he sees you when you're sleeping, etc. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's like judge he really and jury. Does. Sorry, what? It's yeah. occurring to me now that if we were to think of this movie as having like subtle, dark political commentary, mm-hmm. it would be saying some really fucked up shit yeah. about, especially about like interracial families and the kids that they produce all being like psychopaths, uh, yeah, like criminal psychopaths. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. And just the, uh, the idea that the coming war- out of the closet can tear a family apart. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it doesn't Santa. eventually, but it could. It works out eventually. Yeah, yeah. But but that's just because mainstream Hollywood can't deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> they put it there exactly. for you to for you to see and believe, and then every only the sheeple believe the ending of this movie. The true ending happens. <laughs> happens <laughs> all those Instagram minutes. pictures are fake. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's, There's no all- way that he won without the help of Anna Gasteyer's whole network <laughs> that's true i forgot he won the election in, the, in those pictures he won yeah, the he election. Won wild wild stuff impossible because based on everything else he was saying he still sounds like a piece of shit yeah. yeah well like they even show us the christmas after he won and they still had to tell us via instagram posts that he won the election <laughs> like like you said earlier like it they just kind of cram that ending in it's a little yeah. too quick yeah you you um in, it's a wonderful life by the way in this movie Mm-hmm. They go to see it. Mm, you're right. Yeah. Go. So that ties ties this uh, this episode back oh, to last. So season. now next year we have to do a movie where they go to see the happiest season. Happiest season. <laughs> oh, extreme happiest maybe season. Maybe more challenging than a movie. Yeah, in which it's maybe a more impossible. Life. I'd imagine. Although, yeah. I'm interested in the idea of always doing a movie where it's a wonderful life take is referenced or is seen in the movie because that movie <laughs> is ubiquitous. Most Christmas yeah, movies yeah. probably at least shout it out in some way. Angel gets its right. wings. That counts. The name George Bailey maybe saying Merry Christmas, you old savings and loan. Like any sort of reference <laughs> to It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. They, it has to be in there or we can't do it. Yeah. We yeah. Can't. That's, yeah. That's 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 a good rule. It's, the rule. Yeah. it's a weird rule, but it's a good rule. You know me. I like making weird good rules. <laughs> it mm. sounds like my favorite rule that we'll forget by next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which is always that's the yes, best kind yes. of rule. Um, let's see. Let's see. Other conspiracies. <laughs> what else? What else? So, season. is there a message about overfishing uh, <laughs> and the fact that, <laughs> that we're yeah. killing off the fish population and we're just not talking about it? I mean, I think I yeah. think it's that the like the overfishing is one thing. Yes, absolutely. But I think John's character, if anything, represents that the gay agenda is so much bigger than we know and that the gay agenda includes includes killing off the world's fish killing off the world's fish watching every move you make which is a joke multiple times in that like they are gay people are big brother the tracking yeah uh that's true like multiple (gasps) times oh no (laughs) okay so this movie is positing that the deep state and the gay agenda are one actually one and the same which it makes it the most corrupt satanistic thing that could exist that's which as again you said, if this movie was a conspiracy movie it would be very bad <laughs> it would be very bad i would be very upset with the people yeah. who made it what's wild too is that that doesn't even get hollywood washed out of the end 
they, he just mm-hmm. says it multiple times. He's like, yep, I track everyone. And <laughs> like, I do appreciate just, the line. If the NSA can do it, I can too. Yeah. Yeah. Is this like LGBTQ and on? Oh my God. You beautiful <laughs> bastards. I cannot believe you've done this. <laughs> you absolute criminal. Uh, someone has to have done something with that. And if they haven't, they absolutely should. <laughs> we beg of you internet, please. Give me some LGBTQ and on. Yeah, I mean, they're all bad. <laughs> There's like no yeah. transparency that comes out of this. No, there really isn't. Like, I don't know. Yeah. The only like yeah. the only mildly good conspiracy theory that could come of this is that like people that seem like they're good in public are shitty in secret and that's not a conspiracy theory everybody knows that it's just a fact of life yeah <laughs> that's that's not fun or <laughs> jesse ventura knows that and we're all past that like he's on to deeper sure. stuff mm-hmm. he's yeah. know mm-hmm. the real mm-hmm. secrets yeah and all the real secrets we, in this movie are just shitty yeah can we tie 9 11 into this somehow <laughs> sure well the building getting destroyed the building getting destroyed Ooh, is a pretty uh-huh. yeah clear exactly one. that one yeah. that one for sure yeah. inside job it's a signpost for sure yeah. for sure yeah. inside mm-hmm. job beyond that what if that is literally all that conspiracy theory like all they're pointing to is boom buildings get destroyed they're inside of it she's inside of the painting it's literally an inside job candles can melt painted canvas (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) it's right there yeah yeah it's it's right ass there it's right ass there (laughs) Um, let's see. Uh, okay. I think, I think we've come up with a lot of really fucked up conspiracy theories that are definitely hiding in Happiest Season. (laughs) It's a pretty disturbing movie now that we really look at it through the microscope of truth. I feel activated. (laughs) Yeah. I'm ready. (laughs) Like, I'm triggered, but in a way of, like, pulling a trigger. Like, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the internet sucks sometimes. Huh. You're right. Yeah, and on that note, I think we can successfully say that we have talked about the movie Happiest Season <laughs> in all of its aspects, in its totality. Or do we have any other thoughts about this movie that we haven't brought up yet? Just just to round things out. Uh, I appreciated when Mary Steenburgen, uh, when taking a picture of the family, said this is good content. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that that uh, whole through line was... Again, cringy and very funny. Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot the last night when we were watching it, and I wrote this down. When things were getting, like, how many more things can happen to Abby that are fucked up and sad? And I said, this is the melancholia of comedy. (laughs) Oh, no. As far as Abby being the victim of all of it, yeah. Yeah. The only one that gets treated as shitty as Abby in this movie is Jane. Like, both of them. Mm -hmm. Honestly... Here's what I'm mad about. Is that the context oh. that you asked? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I'm mad about <laughs> Jane. Every every time that Jane was on the screen, she was just getting shit on. And I was mm-hmm. like, first of all, this person is uh, neurodivergent in a lot of cool ways and rules, and is getting taken advantage of at every turn. And I'm one. I'm really mad that that wasn't a thing that they didn't say. Oh, here's an intersection of standing up for yourself 
in front of your family and saying, hey, I have secrets is like, hey, you're all shitty to me because I'm this way. Instead, Jane's moment was just, I'm an ally, which was a fun line. Like it was like, it's a very funny line. I liked that, but it felt like it robbed like what Jane had to say. And I also like just Jane was probably gay, right? (laughs) Like there's probably something there. Jane's at least like, come on. I don't know. I just felt like that would have been fun if it was like, here's the twist. Because what I wanted the twist to be in this movie is that, like, everyone was gay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were actually, when when we, uh, when they opened the door and saw uh, Eric making out with that other woman, and she said, we said we weren't going to, like, whatever, whatever her line was, Mm -hmm. like, we weren't going to do this until after the holidays or something like that. I thought it was going to be that they were in a polyamorous relationship mm-hmm. and that... Oh, no. They're not nearly good enough communicators were, for that. <laughs> that's what I was saying. But I was like, oh, that's an interesting twist. We've right. got a gay couple. We've got mm-hmm. a, a polyamorous relationship. And so it's like sort of like these secrets... That would have been cool. ...that they're hiding. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like a positive thing. I mean, mm-hmm. the divorce still, they treat it as sort of like a, this is a thing that's fine. Like, yeah. they seem okay with it. Although there is the question as to whether that family photo of them in the Instagram feed at the end of the film implies that they stayed together i think that and the the shared looks that they had all kind of did imply that they stayed together which is a little too bad i I think i I, yeah i was thinking that it was like them just being like accepting that they were like yeah this is the right thing. i would have liked if they were explicit about that that would have been cool yes like that's kind of my if if i actually am sincere about things i'm complaining about i would have liked if there were a lot more of that because sloan needs to be redemptive in some way because she is Mm -hmm awful yeah um i was actually thinking about this it's a it's a thought i've never really had about a movie before but what is the tipping point of how shitty a person can be through the majority of a movie for them to be redeemed at the end like what do they have to do and the fact that i don't know that anyone in this movie really makes up for how awful they are like mary steenburgen has we 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 thought about this mary steenburgen has that whole speech that she gives to her husband Mm -hmm. about how she he needs to accept their their daughters Mm -hmm. She never says that to them Ever. on the screen. Yeah. We never see yeah. her apologize right. for to them for mm-hmm. any of her behavior. So as far as this movie is concerned, she's just like treated as if everything's fine when she has done none of the work. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, true. That's a good point. And again, that would be something where I feel like there's so much more to the way that this movie portrays reconciliation. Mm-hmm. that we don't get to see and that is a crime because yeah, we need yeah. more of that in front of us so that we can see it and not just oh all it takes is saying I'm an ally and now everyone's fine <laughs> like that's yeah. not how this shit works so yeah agreed bring Mary out but Tipper is that her name fucking Tipper that's right oh, yeah what a name what a perfect name for that character to be completely fair oh, good God, job whoever Tipper. made this script yes yes <laughs> um yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's wrap up. Uh, this has been us talking about Happiest Season. We talked about it in in series critical context. Mm-hmm. We determined that it was a remake of Die Hard. Definitely that. We Peter Jacksoned it that. into three movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I say something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Can you remember one of the two? There's two. That was, you know, that that was my that's I, my favorite one of these <laughs> that has ever <laughs> these. Because we always panic. One of us always doesn't remember. But yep, that yep. one was the best one. <laughs> that was so uh, there was uh, the conspiracy wow. theories. Yep. And? Yep. Mm-hmm. 
And and I wouldn't say it was north or south or even east, but a direction. Oh, Westworld. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well done. I was like, what the fuck could West have anything to do with that? Oh, Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kanye was in the background of a couple scenes. Did you was, see him? Peeking. It's a good, it's good morning for me, guys. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. You did it. You uh, got it. That's fine. This, this, this is how this almost always yeah. goes. Yep. It's a game. This is the hardest game we play, and it is remembering what the hell we did less than an hour ago. Yeah. It's At incredibly the challenging. most dangerous game. It's the happiest season, hardest game. Mm. Um. Uh, let's let's go through some plugs, David. Do you have anything you would like to plug oh, this time? Sure, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm still doing that show, Hypothetic Cast. We're still putting out that sick ass content for you, mm. for you to make mm. you happy if you want to be that way. Uh, <laughs> we're we got a couple episodes coming up that I think are pretty good, and I think we made a lot of funny jokes on them. So if you want to hear those, they're at Hypothetic Cast. It's like the only way that you can find that word on the internet. So just Google it. I don't know. That's all. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, and you're still doing oh. the work with TC Map. Oh, also? true. Yeah. If you're in the Twin Cities, go to tcmap.org, and you can find places to volunteer, find places to find mutual aid or find places to give to mutual aid projects that shit's important nice. the government's not helping us but we can yeah yep yep, yep. fantastic uh matthew do you have anything you would like to plug um just something that i watched that was very pleasant to me uh oh. This is going to come out of left field, but honestly, the Fresh Prince reunion that Ooh. they did on HBO Max hmm. is one of the most like delightful versions of a TV reunion I've ever seen. Like it's it's very hard. I cried way more than I thought I would. Wow. Um, but also like it's one of the only one of those where they actually confront like some like dark unspoken things that just haven't been like aired out publicly before nice that's awesome um, so they don't treat it as if it's like everything was perfect it's like yeah there, there's some actual nuance to like it. he like will smith sits down with the original aunt viv who got fired uh and will smith kind of like burned every bridge for her afterwards and they have a face-to-face and she just like asked him why he did that like directly and like it's it's like one of the most rawest wow. conversations that was just very fascinating to see. Wow, that's awesome! Um, oh my god, I didn't yeah, know that. that's incredible. It's it's a it's really worth watching. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, other than that, I'm up to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that is, nothing, nothing. I'm nothing. I'm doing personally except for watching stuff like that. Hell yeah! But uh, nothing you need to be doing other than watching stuff like that because it's COVID. Who oh, gives there's a, a there's a lot of stuff I need. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Uh, I was giving you an out. I appreciate that. Christian, uh, how about you? Uh, Thank you for asking. Uh, I uh, am making my best of 2020 playlist now. I don't know that I'm going to be able to hit 100 tracks this year because I'm at 75 and there's three weeks, two weeks left in the year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not probably going to be able to listen to 25 new albums that I like before the end of the year, but... One that I can definitely recommend that I heard this week for the first time that came out in August uh, is Haley Blaze. That's B-L-A-I-S. Her album Below the Salt. Fucking fantastic for folks who are into like jangly lady rock in this in the vein of like Lucy Dacus uh, 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 and others that for some reason I'm blanking on other examples, even though there's like a million of them. Um, Christian uh, told me to listen to this album and I immediately wished that it was summer again. 
so that yeah, I could drive I, around and listen to it with the windows down in a car. Like it's that kind of music. It's oh. such sunny day music for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and then pleasant. Firestarter is like one of my favorite songs this year. It's so big. It's so I listened to it fully at least six times in a row with headphones on last night, mm. just on a loop. Mm. It's so fucking good. When people um, ask me like, hey, what's that like do you like this song or like is it good? I think from now on I want I want to describe it like how what its size is like that's that's pretty small (laughs) or that's medium or it's big i love the because it's absolutely true that you can describe that song as big like 100 i agree with you but also i love the idea of being like that that song is big (laughs) just meaning that you like it (laughs) yeah Yeah, you can't fit that in my house (laughs) (laughs) can't even fit it through the door (laughs) gotta take the rails off to get that one inside baby But it's yeah. You just have to adjust your brain for earnestness. Yeah, like if you yes. you have to kind of accept that it's there's some cheese there, but it's mm-hmm. like if you w- are willing to tra- uh, to follow it, and honestly, uh, listening to it again lyrically kind of relates to the movie we, we watched <gasps> for this episode. It's it's uh, there's an emotional undercurrent that I think fits thematically oh. with Happiest Season. Oh uh, so definitely a good pairing uh, if you're looking for that. Mm-hmm. So Haley Blaze is the name of the artist. Check that out. Mm-hmm. That is my plug. I love that. That is my plug. Yes. Uh, and that that is uh, an episode of Contextual Deviance done. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, hope everyone's staying safe. Uh, hope you have a happy holidays and a happy winter season. This will be our last episode of 2020. Uh, so fuck off 2020 <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, we can, uh-huh. we can yeah. be done with this bullshit. Good news is 2021 January 1st 2021 it's all good. It's yeah. all gonna be fixed. I mean, it would be really. I mean, I hate to say. Do you this not out believe loud. in the magic of New Year's Day? I'm just gonna stop you right there. Do you not believe in the magic <laughs> of New Year's Day? I was gonna say I don't want to. Do you wanna... not believe in the magic of New Year's Day? <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. <gasps> excuse me. Do you not believe in the magic of New Year's Day? Do you have a uh, 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 a, a quick question over here? Uh, I have a pamphlet. <laughs> I have some tracts I can hey, hand uh, you. David Gucci um, from New Year's Day Press. Do you not believe in the magic of New Year's Day? New Year's Day Press. Follow question. How dare you say? One newspaper a year from the New Year's. Day press. Comes out on July 31st. Who knew? <laughs> but I love but what I love about it is it's literally just about news from the day before. So it's news from New Year's Eve, but it's a one day a year. It's an annual release. We call it News Year Eve. <laughs> <laughs> news Year's Eve. News Year's Eve. Um, <laughs> I hate that so much. It's so good. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, I was going to say that it's it would be really hard for the first week of 2021 to be as shitty as the first week of 2020, but I don't want to manifest that into existence. Yeah, let's just not even talk about it. I don't know what's going to happen after 2020, but I bet it'll be nice. I mean, it, Maybe it'll be 2021. Be Maybe we'll skip a year. Who knows? That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening. And I think that leaves us with just one thing, uh, which is my question that I ask every episode. And... Uh, closing out 2020 here we're doing it again baby uh, David did you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with my dangerous body thinks it's on top of the pet <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to Contextual Deviance you can find more information about us online at our website contextualdeviance.wordpress.com you can tweet at us at textdeviance you can email us at contextualdeviance at gmail.com Thanks to Minneapolis' own The Badman for the use of their song Gun Tonic off the album Ain't Clean. This has been Contextual Deviance. My name is Christian Hagen, and have a nice day. Have a nice day!